There's never been a more interesting, vibrant example of double standards and hidden agendas than something that happened in the Mockingbird media this weekend. I want to talk about that. Plus, it occurs to me that the enemy's plan to just confuse people um, with lies everywhere makes it impossible. Really, it makes it nearly impossible for most people to tell each other the truth. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is, in fact, the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And, you know, I've been doing the uh, production, uh, well, not on my own, of a team of people who clean up the sound, particularly the microphone, which is whacked out. And I've got uh, Julie doing digital, got uh, Greenhaven, or Julie doing social. And Greenhaven uh, Digital handling the websites. And that stuff's all starting to come into order. And they've been working so enormously hard. I do have young Alex, you guys who uh, remember the radio show. My, my good friend, my brother Alex, is going to be handling some video stuff for us. But I've been doing all the sound gathering. And it I haven't done this. <laughs> ha! I have not done this in, you know, Wow. Well, first of all, I'm ancient, but secondly, it's been probably 25 years, well, 23 years since I've actually gone out and gathered my own audio and, and put it in. And part of that is because I'm, I'm learning to do the show in, in this configuration and with this focus on, on the Almighty. And so I want to just, I want to craft it from the beginning. And I felt like kind of things just started to become easier and fun. That's the thing is, is I was telling someone in radio that this has become like when I was a little kid, not a little kid, I was, I was in high school with my dear brother, Matthew, and we would make fake radio shows in his bedroom. And then I would later, when I, I, I decided I wanted to be a talk show host, I made fake demos using this four track uh, mixer recorder we had for songwriting. And I played the callers and the hosts. And I, I think that's where... <laughs> I actually had this flashback. I think that's where Grim Milestone came from. You know, my news guy character, because I was also doing the news and sending it out and trying to get gigs in, in radio. And the, and the only thing I could do is move home to Spokane. And, and my dear friend, Tom, let me um, go into his radio station. So I feel like things are coming together. So consequently, um, a second hour today. Uh, for Monday. And what happens over the weekend, I guess this was expected. Chris Cuomo got fired from CNN. But this is such a great example of double standards and hidden agendas. And we'll bring Grimm over. Grimm's, Grimm's, I decided that Grimm, I took the show private to podcast, stepped out of corporate media. Grimm got himself a, a promotion of sorts. Grimm's at CNN right now. So Grim Milestone is going to share with us why. Well, he's going to demonstrate because he's a news animal, a corporate a corporate news animal. He's going to demonstrate why this is such a great example of double standards and hidden agendas. I do absolutely applaud and I adore what they did and how they actually announced the firing. And we have breaking news to report to you right now about CNN anchor Chris Cuomo. Earlier this week, Cuomo was suspended from CNN after documents revealed he had been involved more than previously known in shaping his brother, former Governor Andrew Cuomo's defense. Cuomo, uh, Chris Cuomo, we should point out, has now been terminated here at CNN. That's the latest breaking news uh, about what's happening here at CNN. I want to go to CNN's Brian Stelter. Uh, Brian, uh, obviously, this uh, th this is huge news, uh, not only <laughs> inside CNN, but for this industry. What can you tell us? Yes, Chris Cuomo, one of the most popular anchors at CNN, 
one of the best known names in television news, violated journalistic ethics and norms, not once or twice, but many times. And that's ultimately uh, what is the result of today's news, Jim. As you mentioned, Cuomo just uh, terminated by CNN. This I, 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 I honestly don't mean to laugh about a guy getting fired, but I'm, I'm laughing because they're saying one of the most this is this is earth shattering for the industry. Uh, Chris Cuomo, could, CNN's not breaking a million people in in prime and Cuomo was a big part of the reason they're not breaking a million people in prime and let's not forget that Donnie Lemon was just he had his show taken away from him but what I also am laughing about is you you have Jimmy Acosta delivering the news that because of journalistic ethics uh, Chris Cuomo is, is let go because of journalistic ethics now, we'll get into this thing about the, the lies and making it impossible for most people to tell the truth. Man, that is so clever. I mean, Satan is a clever, clever devil. But it also, God just provides a solution of, hey, um, I am the Lord your God and I left you this book. You know, if you'd like to, tell the, if you'd like to know the truth and how to measure the truth and, and how to spot lies... So they have Jimmy Acosta deliver this. And Jimmy Acosta, well, Grimmel, Grimmel, Grimmel detail this for us. But Jimmy Acosta, CNN as an entity and Jimmy Acosta as a person participated in a coup. Or at least a coup attempt as, quote, journalists. So Andy Cuomo, who was a dictator and, and just employed un, insane thuggery, and you speak of lies and you speak of the father of lies and you speak of abuse of people. You know, he put the, you know, this put the COVID positive patients into the nursing homes, the place that the, the, the sole place they're most likely to get sick and die, put them there, then lied about it, then change the numbers, then force people who work for him to lie about it then disappeared his executive order where he ordered nursing homes and long-term care facilities to take COVID-positive patients, disappeared it. Okay, that's phenomenally bad. I think it's homicide. Not to mention what he did in the lockdowns, etc. And Chris Cuomo, his brother, deserved to be fired for helping him for this. But, but what about the coup attempt? That, that all of CNN participated in. Uh, like Grim Milestone explained this. So when, when Cuomo, the thuggish governor, was fired, this is, it, it, was, it went to Chris Cuomo to respond to this. This is how Cuomo responded to his brother, the dictator of New York, being fired. First, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate the concern and the support. I really do. My brother, as you know, resigned as governor of New York and will be stepping down next week. There are a lot of people feeling a lot of hurt and a lot of pain right now. And my hope is that ultimately everyone involved can get to a better place. That some higher good ah! will be served in all. Okay, well, is the higher good that you're not on the TV anymore. And I'm not trying to be cruel. I mean, maybe that's the higher good. Maybe that's that's God's way of saying, okay, except CNN's not changing. Now, this is the double standard hidden agenda stuff. Where all of a sudden we're to believe that CNN has journalistic standards. But the hidden agenda is what? Because the media helps politicians all day long. CNN or one of their offshoots, CNBC, was giving Hillary Clinton the questions in advance helping politicians try to win the White House so they're not family members that's what matters Jimmy Acosta made himself the story and it didn't do much good but I mean his book sold I think it's, I heard it's up to like 4,000 copies maybe 5 copies oh 5,000 Apologize. Just go through 
this example of of this is what Chris, this price Chris has to pay, but not for pretending to have stayed in lockdown. The, the man is a news anchor who acted on the air, who who did and he did a scene. All right, cut, Chris. Can we have you come back up the stairs? By the way, can you change sweaters? No, I'm not changing sweaters. I'm on a steroid cycle. I like the way this shows my delts. Okay, Chris, fine. But can you come back up the stairs? And this time, really act excited. Remember, we want the viewers to believe this is the first time you've come out of quarantine. So really come up and really just sell this, Chris. So that's not a firing offense, pretending to be on lockdown on a news network. And I'm just talking about the individual basis. Grim Milestone will take us through CNN as an entity. That's not a firing offense. Pretending to be a mask zealot. That's not a firing offense. Threatening to throw a dude down the stairs at the Iowa State Fair. I don't think there are stairs, by the way, at the Iowa State Fair. No, that's not true. What am I saying? You got the grandstands and the rodeo. That's not a firing offense. (laughs) Lying openly about the things the President of the United States said, that's not a firing offense. Encouraging rioting is not a firing offense. Tell me in that where in the First Amendment it says that 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 protests have to be peaceful. And of course the most I should have grabbed this. I should have grabbed this. This is my fault. The audio of that guy who did that in just incredible. The, the the greatest TikTok video ever 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 produced and ever will be produced. Where he says Cuomo says show me where protests are supposed to be supposed to be peaceful and the cut to the guy dry munching ramen. He just has the ramen biscuit. He's munching it in a wife beater tea. And he, he says, it's, it's right here. Right, First Amendment. It says, peacefully. That's not a firing offense. I mean, and again, he, he deserved to be fired for helping his brother because he was using CNN assets. He was using CNN assets for all of this. And I can't even remember the guy. Who decided, you know what I'll do? It's on a, we're on a Zoom call. All my employees are here. I'm going to take my pants down and sexually pleasure myself. He, he gets to come back. So the double standard and hidden agenda is twofold. Number one, I, I, here's my theory. I think the party needs us to feel like, oh, no, things are still normal. Reporters still get fired for crossing the line. And then this, the double standard and hidden agenda of the of the of the Cuomo family. What I, I someday want to understand why the party has loosed the dogs on the Cuomos. And maybe it's because they've got someone in line when Joe Biden is not president any longer. They, and if they, they, they can't run him and they can't pretend he's capable of being president and no one likes no one likes Cammy Harris. I don't know that Cam. Well, no, that's not true. I was gonna say I don't know that Cammy Harris likes Cammy Harris, but no, that's a foregone conclusion. Cammy Harris loves her some Cammy Harris. We'll talk about Alec Baldwin here in a second too. Speaking of that, so let's get to Grim Milestone. Grim, it's you could look at <laughs> you could look at it as a uh, he got a promotion, but just just some examples of CNN the entity. And and double standards and hidden agendas. This is CNN Breaking News. I'm Grim Milestone. Adam Schiff, congressman, head of the Select Committee on American Intelligence, says that President Donald Trump is a Russian agent working straight from the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union. In fact, Trump is Putin's father. CNN can report. Got it? There's there's, there's hundreds of these. There's hundreds of these. This is CNN Breaking News. I'm Grim Milestone. A couple in Arizona received a phone call from President Donald Trump who told them to go to their fish tank and remove chloroquine and to drink it straight. No chaser. One of the couples, the man has died, CNN can confirm, but he can't get COVID because he's dead. Dead! 
none of this is firing offenses. Not even an apology. So the firing of Chris Cuomo is in effect a lie. See what I'm saying? Because it's not for journalistic ethics. They don't have any. So what's it for? Now, I don't know. I mean, I can speculate. My speculation is that, that CNN just, that they, people hate him there. That's the easiest conclusion. People hate Chris Cuomo. The other conclusion is he's not bringing in the viewers. That's not going to change. They're not going to bring on anybody balanced or, you know, who's willing to discuss anything with nuance. They're not going to allow that. And are they going to probably play some kind of social justice game? I guess. I don't know because they fired Donnie Lemon, who is gay and black. Double good, double good. But I do think that they want to have some semblance of, hey, we have credibility. And I don't think the government fully runs CNN. They only partially run CNN. And they do partially run CNN. Let's, can we stop with the pretense that this isn't completely locked at the hip with these guys and MSNBC? But this brought to mind this notion that one of the greatest tricks the devil could pull would be to convince people Well, not even that, to so abuse truth that we can't really tell the difference. And and that has been so effective in some of the areas we've talked about in the show. But as I look at this, it's just, it's so pervasive. And it's so now over the top. And it has this other side effect of in truly fallen states like Washington State, They don't even have to care anymore that people know they're lying. In fact, I believe sometimes that this is actually a feature of what the enemy is doing. So I was listening to George Stephanopoulos, and I'm sorry that I had to do that. But I was listening to Steffi, and he had Alec Baldwin in. And this is related to me to to this, this great lie thing. Because when everything is a lie, like the, the reason for, for firing Cuomo, that's a lie. CNN's approach on hydroxychloroquine, that's a lie. CNN's approach on ivermectin, that's a lie. CNN saying President Trump was a Russian agent, that's a lie. CNN hiding the Hunter Biden story, that's a live omission. That's an aggressive live omission. CNN coming out in safe and effective so-called vaccines when it's the, the number of people killed by this, we'll never know. We'll never know. It may be 200,000 people. There's a good reason to believe that. Can't report that. Can't report the consistence injuries. Can't report the fact that your kid's more likely to get heart problems from the injections than they are to ever really be harmed by COVID. They can't report the fact that there's new emerging details showing that, oh, yes, in fact, these things do cause miscarriages. No, well, see, yes, Pfizer lied. They they rigged the numbers. We'll get into that sometime this week because it's it's so obvious the way they rigged the numbers. Because the miscarriages happen early on in in the gestation, the insane level, like 85% increase in miscarriages happen in the early months of pregnancy. So, of course, of course, Pfizer just front loaded the data with a whole bunch of people who didn't get shot up until the third trimester. But we still don't know if this stuff is passed on to the babies, etc. So CNN covering for the pharma companies, that's a lie. The pharma companies are lying. The FDA is lying. The CDC is lying. And here's the thing with this is it just becomes impossible for most people to tell the truth because the truth is being hidden. You can't access earthly truth. You don't have access to it. There, I'll, I'll show you. These aren't vaccines. I'll go look up the definition of vaccine. Oh, wow, it's changed. We talked about that earlier. I bought a car. It showed up with no wheels, no tires, no axles. And the guy said, oh, we changed the definition of car. Have a good day. Enjoy that sitting in your front yard. You can put it up on blocks. People like that in, in expensive neighborhoods. Here's, In fact, we sell blocks. They look like tires. That way you can pretend it can roll. That's clever. I mean, Satan is a thief, a murderer, and a liar. And that's clever. Just remove access to truth. All of a sudden, people can't tell the truth because they have no access to it. They can't themselves refer to it. 
And that's, that's, that's I think, what we see here. Now, I know that he wants us confused that way. But it also opens a doorway to things like this, that, that, that Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin is attempting to pull a one-man 1984, a one-man memory-holding event. And Alec Bald- I've always thought Baldwin's a great actor. And so many great actors have psychological issues. I do too. I, I, I think the Lord has lifted most of my psychological issues. I don't, I don't get depression or anxiety any longer. I never really got anxiety. In fact, I never got anxiety, but it was, I had deep depression. You know, I've shared that of deciding to kill myself and then calling my mom and saying, hey, I decided to kill myself. And I thought my mom would say, oh, well, you make a good case. I'd like to talk you out of it, but you kind of locked it down. So I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that I'm special in that regard. I've been looking at Alec Baldwin. I thought he's a good actor. Maybe it's because he has these issues. But he's on with George Stephanopoulos. And talking to Steffi, this is a rehabilitation attempt. And, and this is the other thing about this is when you're watching Stephanopoulos, remember, he's an actor too. These are two actors in Steffi's office, it looks like, in New York. And, and they're going back and forth. And I'm not saying they're reading lines, but I'm telling you, I think Baldwin's acting. And I know Steffi's an actor. How do I know this? <laughs> because of the Sandra Fluck thing. Stephanopoulos, and he should have been fired for that. He was still doing Democrat messaging planning. When he was was on ABC News, he was still part of the team, still part of the Clinton team. And they were on the Democrat team. And it was Stephanopoulos who planted to poor, flat-shoed, shiny-shoed, professional Republican, great philanthropist, no principles in politics, Mitt Romney, the question about pretending that Republicans were trying to ban condoms and birth control pills. And instead of just saying, George, I'm not even going to take you seriously. You're a party apparatchik. That's nonsense. Everything you said is a lie. It's stupidity. Please stop talking. Mitt Romney said, well, uh, George, uh, (laughs) well, I haven't heard of that. (laughs) So you're watching an interview here that's to be hard hitting. And it's two actors. And I do think Stephanopoulos probably asked some good questions. This is the promo, but I want you to hear what they didn't promote that Baldwin said in this attempt to cleanse the history, the one man, 1984. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. How do you respond to actors like George Clooney who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock. You felt anger. You felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? You said you're not a victim, but is this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yes. Yeah, because I, I, I think back and I think of what could I have done? Not pulled the trigger. When I hate to be a simpleton, that's a thought. Not don't pull the trigger. Don't play with guns. I mean, again, that's another thought. Because initial reports was he wasn't filming a scene at all. The initial reports were that he was goofing. Someone said, hey, you know what? We need to reshoot. We didn't get what we wanted. And and the initial reports were Alec Alec Baldwin said, reshoot. How about if I shoot all of you? And then he did. Now, I ain't no genius, but I've never seen a gun go off on its own. I mean, you can drop a gun. I assume there's, okay, it's a revolver, perhaps maybe one day, and it's, it's, I'm sure maybe it's happened, but not when it's in someone's hand and they're just, they're, if, you, if you don't pull the trigger and it's in your hand, what exactly pulled the trigger? But here's the thing about the big lie, the, the, or the, the father of lies. Which one of those guys do you trust? <laughs> and that 
scene. I mean, I think Alec Baldwin is a great actor. I love Glenn Glary and Ross for him. I mean, Pacino's great. The, the story's great. The script is, is incredible. There's so much cursing in it. I can't listen to it or watch it anymore. But it's an incredible, the dialogue, the characters. It's an amazing film. And Baldwin steals it with a, like a, a seven-minute walk-on. Now, frankly, I've never seen him in anything else. So I guess I'm guessing that he's a good actor. I just, maybe that's, maybe that was him being Alec Baldwin. Maybe that's why that was really good, but it was really good. No, no, wait, I saw him in um, the submarine movie. He was good in that too. So who do you trust there? This is the challenge with the culture of lies. You can't access the truth. And sometimes people are on Control-Alt-Delete with, with the initial story and then copy and paste. No, Alec Baldwin said didn't pull the trigger. But it was this. And they kind of teased it. I want to be honest. They did sort of tease this. But but this is Baldwin. And Steffi asks him, do you feel guilty about murdering a lady and then, you know, grievously injuring someone? or Oh, just manslaughter. Sorry. No. No, I feel that there is I, I feel that 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 uh, someone is responsible for what happened. And I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. I mean, I, I honest to God, if I felt that I was responsible, I might have killed myself if I thought I was responsible. I don't say that lightly. You you called your daughter a whore. You got drunk. And you left a message for your daughter where you called her filthy names. And what, the divorce is her fault? Your drinking problem is her fault? That's brutal. That is a brutal thing to say. Someone's responsible, but not me. That's the wrong one. Someone's responsible, but not me. No, no. I feel that there is, I, I feel that, that, that uh, someone on. is responsible for what happened. And I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Will, will you mean? I mean, I, I, honest to God, if I felt that I was responsible, I might have killed myself if I thought I was responsible. I don't say that lightly. Maybe you do. And please don't bring God into it. Now, as you hear that, are you like me? Are you doing the Tucker? <laughs> Sorry, the Tucker Carlson face. Are you looking at the podcast going, what? Someone's responsible, but I can't. Maybe it's my whore daughter. Far- Sorry for the language, by the way. That's what he said. Maybe she did it. When When he says... So help me God. Really? Because that might begin a path, Alec. And man, wouldn't that be amazing? No, it would be. It would be an amazing thing if he had the capacity for shame. You took a life. You've inexorably changed another. You know, what if that is God knocking on the door, Alec? And saying, this is where you have come. You know, through self-worship. This is where you've landed. You were in a room with another actor lying about the taking of a life of someone that I, I, I... I've seen you cry about killing her. And so I know something about it hurts you. And I think you're capable of loving people, but not more than yourself. That's me from afar. That's a microcosm. One person convincing himself of a lie. Why not just up one level? Let's just let's stay in the Hollywood path, but let's wind it up on level. Hollywood's anti-gun. 
Yeah, but they're not. Because guns sell movies. They put butts in seats. Well, but but Hollywood Hollywood cares about they care about the greater community, so they want to tell these stories that reflect society but don't shape it. No. No, Americans don't turn into spies and then go shoot people up because they didn't have anything else to do at the dinner table. No, Americans don't, in fact, go out and join all sorts of satanic cults like in Eyes Wide Shut. That's not very common. And Americans, in fact, don't just go around sleeping around willy-nilly. So no, this is not a reflection of American society or of global society. And let's just continue leveling this up. Because these people have convinced themselves of all these lies. And this is the great trick of the enemy. There's no access to truth. So you get these people who, for instance, well, let's go back to the Hollywood vein. Taking movies... And are you like me when you see a movie in uh, Hollywood and there's a there's a, a character who's a priest or a pastor? Are you sitting there going, okay, so when is he going to cheat on his wife? Or when do we find out he's gay? Or when do we find out he's gay and cheating on his wife? When do we find out that he's a child molester? When does that happen? When do, so I saw a pastor, nope, right there. He just walked behind the lead actor in the scene. Oh, and we're going to see, when, when's that, when is he going to commit the act of evil? So, no, in fact, most pastors and priests aren't, in fact, child molesters. So, no, it's not, in fact, a reflection of society. It's a projection of your society. Man, though, the priests and pastors who do do that? Level up. Let's go level up from Hollywood. People who convince themselves of lies. And a devil that doesn't want us to have access to the truth. We'll keep leveling up. We'll get to the societally significant level here in a second. I was reading an article with one of the victims of Jeff Epstein. And she got to testify. She actually got to go tell, you know, what the liberals say, her truth. When Epstein raped her over a period of a couple of, I think a couple of hours, and there was no place for her to go, she was she completely isolated with this creep. He explained to her that this would be good for her. She says, this is going to help you grow. I'm going to grow you into a woman. And... I'm sure he convinced himself of that. And the people around him. Well, but Jeff's doing so much for transhumanism. And Jeffrey's doing so much for charity. And really, I mean, maybe these girls are just troubled girls. And maybe he really is doing something for them. I mean, they do get to travel. They do get to meet famous people and hang out with presidents. And and how else would a girl from the trailer parks get to go do that or from the the apartments? I mean, some of these girls, their parents only had one car. And they convince themselves of these things. And then Jeff Epstein, people have convinced themselves, oh yeah, he killed himself. And what was in Ghislaine Maxwell's mind? If she was in fact doing what they say she was doing, and I think she was, what were the lies she convinced herself of? Well, yeah, I am, uh, I'm acquiring young girls for Jeffrey to sexually assault and to sell to other men and to provide to other men in these gross, I don't know, I don't know that they're satanic, but Satan loves this stuff. These, these, what do you want to call them? Group rapes? This is what alleged to have happened. And she's convincing herself of something. Well, the greater good is I give TED speeches about the ocean. The greater good is I found a white coat hanger on the bottom of the ocean floor. And that's now my grandstanding. And this is maybe this is the bigger picture because this man needs to feed these appetites. And now just take it. I'll take it back to to entertainment. Les Moonves. Remember this in CBS? He had next door to him media reports and journal reports, legal reports as I've read it. 
He had next door to him, they had women to service Les Moonves. During the Me Too era. So that means that there were people in these circles who were running Me Too specials and saying, we need to do something. Let's do some, let's do some cause marketing around the Me Too thing. Because you know what? The chicks, they need the help because the babes are getting abused. But they're so cute. Right? They're convincing themselves of that. Well, yeah, but less. I mean, well, again, these are girls from the streets. So really, who's getting harmed? At least they're not walking the streets. They've got a nice office to wait in for until Les Moonvest needs to be sexually serviced. All around Les Moonvest, there were people who convinced themselves of these lies. Now let's wind this up, upscale. Eric Clapton. <laughs> Eric Clapton is on the verge of being canceled. Good luck. He has so much money. His records are everywhere. His songs are everywhere. That guy's earning millions and millions of dollars a year, not doing anything, and he can go and tour anytime he wants to. Still, he has all these home studios and people who work for Eric Clapton for free, and the lockdown sessions are just killing it. Good luck canceling him like they tried to cancel J.K. Rowling. So why are they trying to cancel him? Because he is questioning the magic mRNA injections. Now it's not just the lockdowns. He's questioning the mRNA injections because this is what happens when you get a kernel of the truth. You get a nugget of the truth. The nugget of the truth is, wow, these lockdowns don't work and yet they're pushing them. Wow, these lockdowns don't save lives, but they're pushing them. Wow, Australia's become a prison planet and somehow the new, quote, variant made it there. Wow, how'd that happen? Because it's a respiratory virus innate in the world and you can't stop them from spreading good luck with it. So he gets a taste of the truth. Then he starts looking at the patterns. Eric Clapton's not a dumb man. He starts looking at the patterns. Wow, the injections don't work. In fact, they might kill people. Why are we pushing this upon kids? He gets access to one kernel of truth. He eats it. He consumes that truth. And then it all starts to blow up and form. And that's that's sort of the red pill thing, right? He's a guitar player. He's a songwriter. There are NBA players standing up to this nonsense. There's NFL quarterbacks standing up to this nonsense. There's the Tim Pools of the world standing up to this nonsense. He's a social media guy. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's a commentator and a very good one. But not in the medical establishment. The father of lies would love a circumstance where doctors are so afraid to tell the truth. And in fact, in Washington state, doctors, the separate country of Washington, doctors and nurses can be fired and prevented from practicing medicine and put up on professional charges for telling the truth or even questioning or even doing a patient by patient analysis. Because medicine to the party is this. Hey, listen, if you're pregnant and have had some troubled pregnancies, you probably shouldn't take aspirin because it's a blood thinner. That could be really bad, but you should get shot up with an mRNA injection. Everyone should. Are there any are there any people who shouldn't get shot up with it? No, everybody should get shot up. What if you're five? Yeah. Should five-year-olds take the same amount of aspirin as an adult? No. I know they make kids doses of this mRNA garbage. I know that. But the hat trick of the devil here. These people are terrified and traumatized into refusing to tell the truth about these injections. Consequently, and the Mockingbird media is with them on this. All in. Fox is the one example on a national basis where they're not all in. And it's frankly, Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson full stop. I guess some of the people on the five. I don't have a TV and I don't watch TV, so I don't know. I watch clips of Tucker Carlson and and Laura Ingram. But the truth being impossible to access 
even when it's elementary truth. We have immune systems. That's an elementary fact. Not all medicine is good for everybody. That's an elementary fact. If the medicine is a greater risk to you than the disease, then the medicine is the disease. Elementary fact. Even when it's elementary facts, it's been so hidden. And man, that's where it gets to me philosophically and theologically thick. You have people. I was at dinner the other night in Idaho and a, well, that's where I live, but I had, there was a couple that came in and they wore masks and they walked up to the bar. I was eating alone. This is a, a ritual I have every now and then eating alone at this restaurant. I know the owners and so I like to visit with them. And this couple comes in and sits down next to me and they're wearing woke masks and, and they, they only take them off when their drinks come. And the dude got up to to go out to the car. I don't know why I didn't ask him, but I saw that he put his mask on to get up and walk out to the car. Then he got back down and he sat down next to me and he took his woke mask off and kept eating. He's lying in his head. He can't discern it anymore. It doesn't occur to him, man, this is complete. This I'm a, I'm, I'm, I've been programmed. I'm a marching monkey. That's cruel. I shouldn't have said that. It's cruel and judgmental, but he is. And I still shouldn't have said it. Thou shalt not lie. I don't know that God gives exceptions for unless you are living in times of universal deceit where the truth has been stolen from you. I bet you can't guess where this is going in my mind. The opportunity that we have in this time of choosing is to show people here is the parade of lies. Here they are. Here are the parade of liars. Just go to the Alec Baldwins. Here are the parade of institutional lies. Just take it to one elementary truth. Just start there like it did with Clapton. Does a gun go off with a guy's hand if he doesn't pull the trigger? Start with one seed of truth and work your way up. So for the people in the audience who are politically inactive Christians, here's a seed of truth. Go and make disciples, but not in politics? Share my word, but not in politics. Feed my sheep, but not with knowledge. And for people who aren't yet there, how do you think it is that the rules the Lord laid out for us in the owner's manual that is the Bible match up so distinctly with biology. What happens when people go out and have indiscriminate numbers of sex partners? What happens to their bodies? You are very likely to end up with a bad disease. Did the writers of the Bible know that at that point? God could have inspired them to know that. What happens when you undertake unnatural sexual acts? You can end up with disease. What happens when, I'm not saying agree with, you don't respect parents and parental units and the parental equation. You break apart families. What did God initially build? A family. You break apart families by breaking apart respect for the parents. What do you have? You have fatherless households. What begets, what would is begotten from that? Look at the inner city gangs. They father each other. You know that, right? That was one of the biggest revelations I ever had in my life was there was a kid I loved. He was my very favorite student when I worked in the government schools. And through a series of events, I'll talk more in detail about later, I was introduced to the fact that his fathers were gangsters. 
they employed expectations and they employed limits and they employed discipline and they employed rewards. And he knew if someone comes to hurt me, my brothers in the gang will stomp them. If I need a place to sleep because my mom is drunk this night, I can go to any of 10 houses. But they're not his mother or father. So for people who aren't yet here yet, how is it that the Bible matches up so well with do's and don'ts? Biologically, psychologically. The Bible in so many places invites us to fill ourselves with the word so that the word is with us. God's word is with us. And so that happens. And we are psychologically then changed. You can fill yourself with a whole lot of words like Alec, you're the greatest. Oh my gosh, Alec Baldwin's here. Senator, we have a table filled for you right here. Well, it's just two weeks to lower the spread, to, 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 to flatten the curve. You can fill your head with a whole ton of things. My daughter and I were in a um, Indian restaurant we like, and they were playing Indian gangster rap. Eastern Indian gangster rap. And I, I, won't, I won't mimic it on the air, but it was on the air. I'm so old. On the, on the cast, the cast. But it was pretty bizarre to hear the East Indian accent talking through uh, East LA gangsterisms. You can fill your head with that. This stuff gets in your head, changes who you are, and the Bible says it. How is it that this book understands human psychology and and neuroplasticity and these diseases that come about are signs of hey you know the owner's manual said don't do that that's what the owner's manual said don't blame god and of course the ultimate is this pseudo churches Man, this is so clever. The party and the enemy have set up pseudo churches where people can have the endorphin hit of going to, hey, I I go to a Christian church and uh, here's what our our pastor who identifies as a uh, part seal, part woman says. Sometimes... The word of God can be so hurtful when it collides with human desires. We were blessed to be at an event where a a guy spoke about his book. Well, his whole family was there, actually. Christopher Yuan is his name. Do you know who he is? He had lived a very, very, very hypersexualized life as a gay man. He was a high level drug dealer. Like he was a kingpin type drug dealer and had multiple sex partners per day. He got AIDS, found out he had AIDS when he was in prison. He he just thought God hates him. He had a a a priest or a chaplain in prison say, oh no, 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 there's no problem with your lifestyle. No, it's never mentioned in the, the Bible never addresses any of this. It's not mentioned at all. And then Christopher Yuan, who, by the way, is a very smart guy and was close to being a PhD before he decided to go become a drug addict and a, and a drug seller and, and this uh, sexual deviant. And, and so he's smart, super smart. He went through and read the Bible, said, no, wait, this guy's lying to me. There it is, the kernel of truth. He read the Bible himself and said, wow, that chaplain lied to me, but the chaplain didn't want to hurt his feelings. Man, there isn't a week that goes by that I don't get convicted somehow reading the Bible or just doing my, my, my fellowship studies. But I have access to this and others don't. That's the ultimate hat trick. The fake churches, the fake pastors in the movies, casting into people's minds what they choose to believe the faith means. Alec Baldwin face to face with another actor, the cleansing. Chris Cuomo fired for journalistic ethics at an, at, a, at an organization that has no journalistic ethics. Times of universal deceit, telling the truth is an act of bravery. In a time of choosing, 
man, we need to be the ones saying, hey, you know what? Here is an ultimate choice. And it is very much pass fail. I have been so touched with the people, early adopters of the podcast and the kindness you've shown and the, the level of mail emails I'm getting. It's just humbling. And the topic matter. Man, God is good. You can go to the ToddHermanShow.com. There is a place there to leave messages. Soon there'll be interaction stuff. We're doing concepts for what the subscription um, version of the Todd Herman Show is going to be. And here's kind of what we're thinking about. Two times a week, we're going to do a live show. So just like radio, I can't wait for that, honestly. I need to rehearse using the software, et cetera. I want it to be slick. I can't stand it. I love good production. I'm still not happy that I haven't done the music licensing thing to have great bumper music for you guys. I miss that so much. But two times a week, a live thing where you guys, where we all gather, I want your voices on the show. I miss taking phone calls. I want to do that. And then I am having Alex produce the first video that we're going to have as a sample of what's going to be on the subscription side. I want that to be direct you and me. I don't want any advertisers in there. I want it just you and me. You guys pay for what you value. So we're going to do that. Leslie from Pensacola, Florida. Dear Todd, I finally found the new podcast. I've been missing you since you were filling in for Rush. I saw on social media that you'd taken your show private. And I have to admit, I didn't know you had a radio show. No sooner do I turn into the first podcast and you joke about people like me who loved you in Rush but didn't know you had a radio show. I cannot tell you how thrilled I was to hear you take a focus on this program to the Lord. This is so needed. I also heard you say during one of your programs that you predict you may have a smaller audience. I don't think so. I think the Lord will bless this effort because finally someone is handling this politics and his word together and doing it without fear and not being shy about it. I think the Lord will reward this. Lastly, I heard you joking about not yet having enough biblical knowledge. You'll get it. What I like is that you're humble enough to say, I don't have enough biblical knowledge. Most people won't do that. Living as they do in Pensacola, Florida, we have no shortage of churches, but we have a great, great number of church goers, as you call them. Be far better for us to have disciple makers. If you change the life of one person with the podcast and turn them towards God, then I think you've probably already won. So thrilled to find you. Thank you for continuing to do what you do. Leslie from Pensacola, Florida. I am, I'm, deeply thankful for notes like this. I'm equally thankful for, and there's so many of them. There's so many notes like this. Los Angeles, California, Paul, Todd, I've been a listener to yours since you filled in for Rush, and yes, God rest him. I became a KTTH listener even though I live in Los Angeles, California. I am a pastor, and if you need any help learning the Bible, I will do this in any way I possibly can, up to and including nightly sessions to help you study. Thank you for deciding to feature the word in the podcast. Wow, was I ever surprised that someone at your level of radio would go do something like this. May God bless the effort. Paul, from Los Angeles, California. And I did write back to Paul and I told him the plan I'm on and how I'm trying to get there on this sprint to gain this biblical knowledge. Fully different topic. Mark from uh, the former home base of Seattle, Washington. Mark writes, Todd, congratulations on the new podcast. I was very surprised with how vulnerable you're willing to be. I've listened to the personal note at the end of your Seattle radio show for six or seven years now, but brother, you are really opening it up. My question for you is, do you ever get scared being so vulnerable? I asked because I am sort of a closed off person and an introvert, but I think I should learn how to share like you do. Thank you for what you do. Um... Do I ever get? Yeah, you know, there's things I don't talk about on the show. And I'll tell you why. It's because they're not my stories. There's things I wish I could tell you. For instance, my wife's story or my daughter's story. And I think that they, they would be very inspiring, but they're not mine. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't ever feel weird about being vulnerable with you guys. Maybe this is just a side effect of the sort of program that I did on the radio that there's no scripts. There's no, there's, there's an outline. That's it. This is off the top of my head. It is every day. 
I watch Twitter when I'm on so I can see what you guys are saying on live radio. And I read your notes as, as close to the show as I can. I don't want any time to think about your notes. So when I pop into the studio, I grab these emails I've flagged. I read them just like I just did here. So no, I don't. But it's this isn't for everybody. Your role may not be doing this. And, and I would encourage you to find the role that you have that aligns to the work that God's doing around you. Oh, and by the way, and people never believe me. They never, ever, ever believe me when I say this, but I am a full-on introvert. Truly, I am. Like people, I, I, I mentioned this one day before, I'll go to dinner parties and people are like, well, are you okay? Because you're standing by yourself. And no, this is, I just want to talk to one person at a time. And hey, do you mind if I tell people you do this radio show? Yes, I do. Please, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Let people get to know me before they know the role. I just, you're not going to come into the room and say, hey, by the way, my friend Tim over here is a firefighter and you should because your friend Tim has a more important job than I do. But... Your friend Tim doesn't get to do music reviews when they're rolling <laughs> down to a call. Music review of the day. And man, I can't wait till I have real bump music. No offense to my friends who put this together. I actually think it's very cool. But man, I need my bumper music back. Come on, Cap, Give me a license. I'll promote the songs. I'll sell the songs. That is kind of cool. There's an artist that I just fell in love with uh, over, gosh, is it that long? It's like 20 years ago. I think that his voice is what it sounds like to be an old soul. And I know there's varying thoughts on the idea of old soul. I get that. Grantley Phillips started with a band called Grantley Buffalo. To me, this guy is perhaps the most overlooked songwriter in music. Never got as famous as Crowded House, which still sells out 200,000 seats or whatever in, in, in New Zealand. Although, of course, only six people at a time now because they're still doing the lockdown nonsense, I think, to that degree. Yeah, they are because the dictator there just told people you can go to the bathroom in your friend's house if you happen to be visiting. So Grantley Phillips now is a solo artist. It's no longer Grantley Buffalo. You speak of vulnerability. Like this guy used to be Grantly Grantly Buffalo was kind of heavy rock, but it had this enormous songwriting effect and these enormous this range at which this guy can sing. And he writes songs that sound like they come in some way straight out of the Civil War. They're that literate in terms of history, that descriptive, and and they're they're cinematic. And they're unique. The song uh, Mockingbirds. Man, I someday you gotta hear that. Grantly Buffalo, the song is called Mockingbirds. That song was a description for me of when I met my wife. Really. One of the first things I ever gave her was the CD from which that came, uh, Mighty Joe Moon. And I was so thrilled when I went to visit her at her rental house and I pulled up and she had that cranked in her house. But well, she was vacuuming, which don't vacuum during Grantly Buffalo, but was early on in the relationship. So I had to pretend that was okay. But now I put my foot down. There is no housework when Grantly Buffalo is on. Oh, by the way, I also pretended to like tea. I did. <laughs> We're new in the relationship. We should like tea. Uh, I love tea. But mostly you. So Grant has changed because we've all changed. And the songs he writes now, I think, verge, some people think, on far too much sentimentality. But the reason I want to play this for you guys is really it's a it's a note of love to the early adopters to the podcast. And I think you'll see why. Why I think it's apropos of early adopters. Because we sort of grew up together. The show, then the break to the great Candy Mike and Todd show, back to KTTH and, and now here. But I think we're all a little bit different. Longer you live, it gets harder to fake Hard for the heart to pretend You're older now You're older now It's different than back then The longer you live, the softer you get Whether you like it or not You're older now You take your time And cherish what 
He's producing it like I think it's a home studio, but it's a nice house. He also has a cabin in the woods. It's only powered by a bicycle he pedals to power the batteries. The longer you live and you rack up the days, some of it's hard to shake. But you're older now. yet you know on a personal note you guys you never know when you're in the presence of an angel I mean maybe you will maybe the angel will announce himself and say I'm an angel but angelic beings or angelic inspiration come about in the least likely people I think about this gentleman this time of year because it was this time of year that I met this gentleman. He was a massive man. He, he made me look like a child. Was, um, I'm guessing, but 6'8". Completely different socioeconomic background, if you like. Happened to be a black man in the Chicago area. And on the most difficult day of my life, he was my cab driver. And on the way, he picked me up at a place and he knew what was going on there. He knew this was a place their family's really in pain. I didn't know, found out on the cab ride, because he wasn't always a cab driver. He said, doctor from one of the African countries but he couldn't practice here and on this cab ride he started to sort of politely ask me questions about what we were doing there he knew but he wanted to be polite and so I told him not the whole story but what a hard day that was. And he received that information, not by way of saying, oh, well, it's going to get better and well, at least you've got insurance. He received it by saying, God is with her. The Lord, the Lord is with her. Would you, you pray? Oh, yes. I pray. And then I guess in a way, he sort of turned the tables on me. And he said, well, I'm, I'm glad you pray because our little girl was eight years old when she got leukemia. And I'm a doctor. I'm not allowed to practice here, but that's what I am. And I knew this sort of leukemia she had was really hard to cure, but it does happen. And my wife has been able to get licensed to work in medical billing and now she works in medicine and I hope to be able to be a doctor here one day. So we had good health care. But we also had this great prayer group. And he told me about this prayer group of, of people who have emigrated to the country legally, I would add. We did talk about that. From his portion of Africa, or I guess region and how they held his daughter up in prayer. And then he showed me her picture and she was vital soccer uniform and looked just healthy. She, he said, she's been in remission. Now this is, he said that was six years ago. She's been in remission for five and a half years. I said, does that mean it's over? He said, it's close to it. God is so good. And he told me, just keep praying. 
So we arrived at Chicago O'Hare. And I guess dramatically, I'd tell you it was a very busy day. It wasn't. It was mid-level busy. You know, pulled up in the middle lane where the cabs pull up. Got out and I paid the gentleman. And, you know, I, I didn't even have any bags. One bag. So I just popped out of the car and, you know, usually when you tip a driver really well, they'll pop out and get your bag. And I, I do like to tip well. I've been so blessed. But he got out. And instead of walking around the back, he walked around the front. And this massive man, this giant, wrapped me up in his arms. <laughs> I've never, not since I was five, did I feel that small. But not since I was, I don't know how old, that I feel that loved by a stranger. Do you know that he checked up on me about a year later? Sent me a text. So I don't know, Grant Lee. You might have met an angel. This is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God.